One sec. Get out of here. I'm recording a podcast. What happened? Oh, here's what this. Was that? that was Dylan throwing a hacky sack at me. Dylan, there's a time to play hacky sack and a time not to play hacky sack. And sometime, 13 years from now, you will understand the difference between the two. When you're exactly 31 years old or 32. (laughs) Okay, but anyway. then do you want to jump into it sure um don't i do want to say the podcast i will i do want to say before we go like like fully start i just loved that we were having that facetime discussion of like how we were going to make this list which apparently did almost nothing (laughs) um because we both kind of came away from it with different ideas in a way but like, I just found it really funny. It was the first time I've ever had a conversation with you since we started this podcast, where I was like, "We need to be recording this. Like, <laughs> we can't, we can't talk about the podcast unless we're recording the podcast oh, because it's going to be difficult. No, it's we're not going to be able to do that. But I just think it's hysterical some of the stuff that happens. Yeah. Like when when I told you that I wanted like crime to be a separate genre from like drama and and things like that and you were just like oh god like because you were saying drama is like the genre and then the sub genres are like crime right. and like romance and things like that romance would <laughs> and, be under comedy but yes and i i kept thinking that the issue you were having was that there's just too many movies to choose from and then i was like why like do you have like 15 movies in crime you're like no i only have like four movies in crime <laughs> i can't find 10 movies that go in crime because they're just jo- drama well and you know what it, it, crime ended up having one of it was one of the bigger lists for me oh yeah mm-hmm. there honestly there are a lot of crime movies and one thing that i'm really interested in with us doing these lists is like what you consider crime and right. like what I consider crime, like what fits into those genres. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to hear what your, your top list is. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to introduce the podcast. Welcome to let's run that back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. We're two brothers who like to talk about movies as if our opinions matter. And today our opinions really matter. That's not true at all, but, <laughs> and it never is. But uh, this uh, this episode, we're going to be doing our favorite movies to give you an idea of what we like to watch and what's had an impact on us and things like that. I want to give a shout out to my friend Rachel for giving me this idea. Um, and we kind of had a... Real quick, I also want to give a shout out to Rachel, who I've met like twice. Nice. Yeah, so that th- this one goes out to you. <laughs> specifically for Matt he told me to say that that, no we had kind of like a little bit of a long way to get to this list that we're going to talk about um pretty much um we broke everything up into separated genres the genres that we broke things up into were drama comedy horror sci-fi romance animation action crime thriller adventure and then guilty pleasures 
which honestly, I hate the term guilty pleasures. I pretty much have no guilt about what I like, but that's kind of the category where we put things that just didn't really make its way into the other categories. I think we could talk about specifically just the guilty pleasures in this episode, mm-hmm. because I my list is not long enough to have its own episode. We can talk about guilty pleasures. Is, my list is one movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, because because you went for what you feel guilty about. I don't genuinely feel guilty about it. I like it, and screw you. See, I that's what I'm saying though. It's like you got to have more than just one of those, no? I think I feel like it's the one movie that I genuinely like that the most people genuinely dislike. Okay, well, that's really interesting. I'm a, I, we could talk about that a little later. Okay. So in each of those genres, we tried to pick 10 movies that are our favorites in those genres. And then from that list, we picked 15 movies that are our favorites. And so it could be from any genre, and um, it could be for any reason. It doesn't have to be because we think it's the best movie ever made. It's just something that we like a lot. And again, it's to give people an idea of what we like. Um, it was real hard. It was This was not easy. And I reserve the right to change any of it at any time for any reason. And I'm sure Matt feels the same way. No, mine's set in stone. Okay, he actually, wow, he actually carved them into stone like the Ten Commandments. And he even grew his beard out just now, this second, so he looks a lot more like Moses. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. It was actually, it was carved into Emma Stone. Oh, no. I love Emma Stone. Who, who segue, (laughs) is on my list. (laughs) Okay. Emma Stone is on his list as one of his favorite movies. as a movie. Um... So, yeah, let's dive in. We pretty much, um, we picked 15 movies, and five of them we'll consider kind of like runner-ups to our top 10, but that's also a really confusing thing because they're not really ordered in any way. I I already changed my mind. I I just want to (laughs) do, I want to do, let's just have a top 15. Let's not worry about if five of them are separated out. Okay. Since we did 15. I'll start over. So, from that list, we pretty much compiled a top 15 that um, are not really in any specific order. In mine, personally, I do have one picked as my number one favorite, but that wasn't a requirement. I think you mentioned that that's the same for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it can change at any time. Like, one thing I noticed is that what I considered my favorite movie of all time in, like, high school didn't even make it into the 110 movie list that I made for all of my <laughs> movies. And I was just thinking about that, and I was like, oh, God, I need to go back and fit that in. What movie was that? Fight Club. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the most generic movie that any high school boy loves as their favorite movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but I, I was surprised to see it didn't even end up in any of my lists. My favorite movie from... Uh high school made it onto my top 15 oh nice i guess we'll find out about that right now we're going into it i'm i'm like so excited to hear your list (laughs) so you want to start or you want me to start i'm excited to hear your list but i i mean i could have just imdb'd horror movies and 
I promise only fourteen. Like five of them could be considered <laughs> horror movies. Only fourteen of them. <laughs> only one third. I tried to limit myself. <laughs> All right, I'll start. Um, okay. I have on here Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, um, and that is directed and I think written by Dan Gilroy. But that's the movie that's about um, a guy that wants to be like a, a cameraman for like news stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a thriller that honestly is absolutely insane. And Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing in it. And so I've, I've always loved that movie ever since I saw it the first time. Yeah, I thought he was really good in that movie. And it, it did a really good job of um, building suspense. Mm-hmm. Um I always go back to Alfred Hitchcock um, has this quote about suspense is created when the audience knows something that the on-screen character doesn't. Yeah. The audience knows that the on-screen character is in peril and the character himself doesn't. And what I thought was cool about Nightcrawler was it wasn't that he didn't know he was in peril. It was that he didn't care and you cared about him more than he did. Which I yeah, thought was and, a pretty cool twist on it. And as the movie went on, like you you think he's like a just a monster almost and, and you're right. like scared for other people that are around him and everything. And it just uh that movie culminates to a great climax and I think um a great ending for what the story is, so I've always loved that movie and I was I'll be honest I'm kind of shocked that it ended up on this like top list yep. but at the same time I'm not shocked at all. Um my first one is When Harry Met Sally. Wow. Um I'm not huge into the romantic comedies but I I don't know. I just love the way that this one's put together how they kind of keep just running into each other. And you mm-hmm. you only pick up the story at times when they are in each other's lives. Right. Um, which I thought was kind of a really cool um, plot device. Yeah. A lot of other, like, I guess you would say romantic comedies just haven't had as much of an original voice to them like that movie had. Right. And the well, characters felt so, like, natural. Right. And it was... I wouldn't say a parody of romantic comedies, but it was mm-hmm. willing to be like, hey, you know, everything you see in movies, that's all kind of BS. And yeah. that doesn't really happen. You know, of right. course, slowly it really happened <laughs> through, yeah, yeah, yeah. over the course of the movie. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I, I've always, always really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're always going on and on about how you'll have what she's having. Always. I will Every always time. have what she's having. Always. All right, so then my next one is Lucky Number Slevin, which was, you just almost did a spit take yeah. with your water. That almost made it onto my list. Lucky Number Slevin was pretty much, as people that like know me from school and stuff, that was like my favorite movie for, for years, mm-hmm. like from like 12th grade all the way through college and stuff. Um, I always loved how overly witty that movie was. Like every single character has the best line possible to say in every situation. Right. Lucy Liu and, um, Lucy Liu and Josh Hartnett have like the most insane chemistry in that movie. Thanks for sugar. uh, Sugar. 
Oh God, it's so good. And <laughs> and I love just the ending, how it all comes together. And I mean, you put Stanley Tucci in a movie, I'm gonna watch that movie. I agree. I love that movie. The next one on my list is Psycho. Okay. Um, classic. <laughs> really anything made by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, I knew that you were going to have so much Alfred Hitchcock all over your lists. <laughs> um, my thriller list is probably more than 50% Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. But I think Psycho kind of demonstrates everything I like about him all in one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets up to where you think it's going to be one type of movie, and it takes a crazy turn. And Oh, yeah. Um his use of the MacGuffin, which is like the money that she's um, she's trying to steal away, um, right. in order to get her where she needs to be for the story to you know take place. Right. The obvious spoiler alert for a movie made in the '60s. You know the twist of you know the mother was dead the whole time, and yes. the mother is the one doing the killing, but it's a you know, a separate uh, personality. It's like the son as the mother. Right, right. But to him, it's not him. It's the mother, you know? Right, He's got, yeah. like, disassociative... Mm-hmm. Um, I Identity don't know, some, disorder. Some medical term. D.I.D. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I genuinely think there have been movies that have um, done some similar things, but I don't think there's been a movie since that one that has pulled off what it pulls off as well as it did. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite things about that movie, and again, spoiler alert, is that the main character dies, like, halfway through the movie. Right. She's murdered in probably one of the most famous scenes of all time in the shower. The lady in the tramp uh, eating the same strand of spaghetti scene? No, not that scene. Oh. No, it's when... she uh, Marion Crane is is killed in the shower in Psycho. Oh, yeah, that one. And then she's just not in the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. And now then, all I can think of is like the lady of the tramp slurping on their spaghetti and like someone being violently murdered in the background of the shot. <laughs> That's just what happens in that movie, right? Sure. No, but um, the yeah, Disney oh, Plus God, I just, I just love that idea of um, like just the ultimate um, change up that now right. you're just following completely different characters. And I'm going to be honest. Parts of that movie are still scary to me because I every time I watch that movie, there's a scene where the like um, police inspector is going up the stairs, yep. and you think you know he's the murderer is going to be in one room, but he comes out of another one and like right. and kills him, and that jump scare gets me every time. Yep. Um, I always hit. We watched that in a in a class in college, and at the end when it's revealed that he's dressed as the mother and everything. Mm-hmm kids in the audience that had never seen the movie like laughed like at how ridiculous it looked and i was like shut up like this, this is amazing like why would you laugh at you this? Can all go to hell. yeah i was so mad but i also realized like you know the movie is pretty dated at this point but right right god it's so good that's a good pick my next movie is hercules the cartoon from disney oh um that's weird because Hercules with The Rock made it on. No, mind. it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Disney's Hercules. Oh man, it's it's gotta be my favorite Disney movie, especially from that time period. Right. I think the music is some of the best Disney music, mm-hmm. and Meg is definitely 
one of my favorite characters that they've had in those movies. She's so like cool. The the woman that does her voice, I think her name's Susan Egan, has the coolest voice in the world. Right. And she's already won the prize for rotten judgment. <laughs> And I mean, you throw Danny DeVito in anything, and I and I'm gonna love it. So I saw I saw a feed where they were saying, "Oh, cast a live action Hercules," and so I was like, "If Danny DeVito doesn't still play Phil, I'm not watching." In practical effects, like has the like the goat hooves and right. everything. Oh God, it. I mean, it would work. Like it wouldn't be. He can bad. do it. He's about the same they height are, as the character. Yeah, exactly. And they are making a live action, and I am not looking forward to it. Yeah, Joel and Anthony Russo are producing it. Okay. Yeah, we'll see, but I don't, I mean, it's... Who's playing Hercules? my favorite. They haven't, that hasn't come out and stuff yet. If it's Timothy Chalamet, I'm in. I hope it's Danny DeVito. (laughs) In every role. (laughs) Every role. Like an Eddie Murphy kind of movie. (laughs) Right. Um... Yeah, I love Hercules, and I in my other lists, I had multiple um, Disney movies, but mm-hmm. and I almost forgot about Hercules. I <laughs> that has bad, long been my favorite uh, uh, Disney movie. Absolutely. I said I didn't uh, put numbers in any of uh, my movies, but two of yeah. them came with numbers already. See, see what I oh, did there? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, my next one is 8 Mile. Okay. I I knew 8 Mile was going to be on this list. <laughs> it had to. <laughs> um, obviously, anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge, huge um, Eminem fan. And 8 Mile is basically a biopic um, uh, of him. Um, yeah. It's not all 100% accurate, but I feel like it... Probably, you know, obviously I wasn't around, um, but it feels like it, it, it more captures uh, the attitude and the feeling of how things were when he was growing yeah. up. If not, hey, these are my exact experiences kind of thing. You yeah. know what I mean? I thought Papa Doc, for as little as he was in the movie, is probably one of the better villains that I can that I can think of in yeah. a movie, especially a dramatic movie like that. Definitely. Um, that was, you know, before he was uh, the Falcon, he was Papa Doc. Anthony Mackie. <laughs> um, and I, I know it's not necessarily the best acted or the best directed or the best you know written anything. or you know it doesn't do anything like light years above uh, better than anything else but it does do everything pretty well i would say that you'd be hard pressed to find a movie with a less satisfying hype ending right where you know <clears throat> right and that's always and they build to that final battle where he just annihilates everybody in there, even people yes. that he's not supposed to be battling, he just yes. destroys everybody. Um, and, and how and he kind of it on himself and everything. Yeah, he kind of takes things that happen throughout the movie and things that he learns about himself throughout the movie and flips it and, and works it into that last uh, verse. Um, yes, blows me away every time. Yeah, it's an incredible <laughs> movie. I I remember being younger when I saw it and thinking. Eminem, Eminem's good in that movie, and yeah, yeah. Um, the idea that uh, that not only was it a good movie, but it got Eminem to win an Oscar is insane. Yeah, first for rapper the song, to win not an for Oscar. his acting. <laughs> yeah, 
And it's like, if any rapper was going to be the first to win an Oscar, of course it's going to be Eminem. But um, I, I just loved, uh, I just love the end of that movie so much. Like I could listen to those last rap battles over and over again. Mm-hmm. You want me to sing them for you right now? No, no, no. It's okay. You okay. don't have to go acapella. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, I knew that was going to be on your list. Well, it's a good thing he won that. He became the first rapper to win an Oscar because not very long after, you know, Three Six Mafia won an Oscar. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> um, my next movie. I'm I'm interested if you've seen this one, but um, my next movie is Magnolia, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. No, I don't believe I've seen that one. So this one. I'll be honest, it's it's like three hours long, mm-hmm. and there's like 15 characters in it, and I, I'm going to say I've seen it twice, and I still don't fully remember all of it, but for whatever reason, I watched this movie in the middle of the day by myself the first time, and I have to have cried like three times <laughs> throughout the movie. It was just so... It's such an interesting depiction of just different things like grief and guilt and, and like... um you know, coming to terms with death and, and, you know, how you see yourself, that kind of thing. And it's got, like, a crazy stacked cast. It's got, like, Tom Cruise and John C. Riley and Julianne Moore, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, it's got so many people in it. And Paul Thomas Anderson, you kind of can't find a movie by him that's not awesome. Um, and so I w- I, I'm kind of surprised it's on this list. And what's funny about it is that I showed it to Kristen after seeing it and loving it. And Kristen was like, ah, I mean, I don't, I don't really, it was good. Like, <laughs> so like it's, it's become, it's one of the few movies that her and I just completely disagree with each other on. And so when I showed her this list, she was like, of course, Magnolia is on there. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love uh, it. I showed Carrie my list uh, and she's, you know, starts, oh, you this isn't I go look this isn't your list this is my list. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> she doesn't even she just looks at it and you just start yelling at her like no no stop it don't say anything why am I showing you this but yeah I figured you might not have um seen like no but if I guess any I of them to. you hadn't seen that one but all the other ones I'm sure you've seen I got you um my next one is La La Land okay um, Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah she, that's where she, Emma Stone shows up again. Not huge into romantic movies, but I don't you know, know the, I'm starting the, to see a pattern. <laughs> these are the two that that made it onto my top fifteen. It was the music was great. Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling has charisma for days and days. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I just I really enjoyed how like just as much as it was a love story between. The two of them, it was a love story for Los Angeles and the, the relationship that those people who move out there to chase their dreams, to chase, you know, whether it's music or acting or, or you know, wh- whatever it is, the relationship that they have with that city. It's like a love story to tra- chasing your dreams. Right, right. I felt that like that was really, really well um, conveyed uh, throughout the movie. Um, and then... Again, we're going to be spoiling things left and right uh, over the course of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that it ends up with they don't end up together. I, th- I think is always a cool. You know, it, it wouldn't work if it happened in a lot of movies. 
Um, yeah. But when it does happen, it catches you off guard. And it's like, oh, you know what? In real life, things don't always work out perfectly. Yeah, it feels like if that wasn't how it ended, it would feel like fake. Like, right. The whole point of the movie would have kind of dissolved if everything happened exactly how everyone would want it. And what I love about the movie is that they still found a way to kind of give you that ending and mm-hmm. show you what that could have looked like um, while also still giving you the reality of this is what happened. Right. And the point was for them to get to where they wanted to be, not necessarily together. And right. oh my gosh, it's, it's really such a great movie. Mm-hmm. And I could listen to that soundtrack anytime. And the second I start getting it like, it's like, now it's going to be in my head the rest of the right. day. Right. It's incredible. A completely different movie from La La Land. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got The Matrix. Okay. Um, the Obviously the first Matrix. <laughs> that movie, still to this day, just completely captivates me from the beginning to the end whenever it's on. There's so many interesting characters and like the look of everything mm-hmm. is... Kind of unmatched by like other movies, like it, it had such a scale to it that is hard to not appreciate. Um, yeah, they created kind of two whole worlds in a in a way, and right. it just felt so fleshed out and cool. The action is is kind of also unparalleled in a lot of action movies still since then. So I had to throw it down. That movie's also the first time I ever saw Hugo Weaving and. <laughs> <laughs> him as that character it i i feel bad for hugo weaving but it almost ruined him in any other character <laughs> um because i just think of of the mr anderson yeah. kind of like idea but um you know seeing him in captain america and, so, and he was v in v for vendetta right mm-hmm. is his name v in that movie yeah. so i guess it didn't completely ruin it but god he's just so iconic in that role that's also um i don't want to say one of the few um, but it's just one of those movies that not only is it good from a story standpoint and from like a you know watching it experience standpoint, but as you're watching it, it also just makes you go, how did they do that? Yeah. What, how, how did they get that shot? Yeah. What are they? Um, which which is super super impressive that to me that they're able to have enough of that and not take you out of the movie. Yeah, it's super stylish. And I watched it recently, and some of the CGI maybe isn't the best as when it came out in 1999, but right. it's still super impressive. My next one is Warrior. Wow. What? I'm surprised Warrior is on there. Oh, well, it is. Deal with it. <laughs> um, Warrior is a story of a, a MMA tournament, essentially. Um, you follow specifically these two characters i can't remember if in the beginning you know their brothers or not but it, you know come to realize they're brothers but they've yeah, been but estranged. You don't, spoiler alert <laughs> they've been estranged and one of them wants a relationship with the other and the other one doesn't want to have anything to do with you know anyone in this family and all that you know hey brother movie yep. <laughs> um but again it's it's just that constant build and build and build and build and build to the final fight which you know spoiler alert these two brothers have to fight each other um just such a huge huge emotional climax of the movie um the 
every time I watch it, it makes me want to stand up and cheer. <laughs> and not necessarily yeah. for the winner of the fight, but for <laughs> what a good fucking movie that is. And it's Tom, it's Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton, right? Are the mm-hmm. brothers? Yeah, and their father's I, played I, by Nick Nolte. I remember seeing that movie. I've seen that movie one time, and I remember it being awesome and the acting being amazing. Right. And so I, I and I know that you love that movie, so I really shouldn't have been surprised that it would have ended up on this list. <laughs> right. My next one is uh, is Interstellar. It's hard for me to choose like what my favorite Christopher Nolan movies are, and so it, it did kind of come down to that because my favorite directors are David Fincher and Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I needed to make sure that my lists weren't just all of their movies. Right. And I think Interstellar, just for whatever reason, it just hits me the hardest um, in all of his, I guess, non-Batman movies in a way. Mm-hmm. That Interstellar, the, the Matthew McConaughey was great in it and Anne Hathaway was great in it. And it's just so emotional, so much more emotional than you would think it would right. be. Makes me cry every time. <laughs> <laughs> in the scene where you obviously are supposed to cry and the end of the movie. Right. Um, I just love that idea of like how you need to get out there in space to like learn about what the future is and, and, and not be scared to take a trip that may be the last you'll ever see of people. If it means like you're doing it for the right reasons. I, it was really astounding. I didn't expect it to be as, as amazing as it was. Mm hmm. Um, and sticking with a Christopher Nolan theme, my next one was hey. The Dark Knight. Okay. Much like you having to choose a Nolan movie, um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the same boat with Christopher Nolan, but I also mm-hmm. felt like I couldn't fill it up with Batman movies. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, yep. Dark Knight, I really love Batman Begins as well. Uh, I even like The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, I do too. <laughs> but Dark Knight again, just like Psycho, I feel like it all the things that other Batman movies do well, I think Dark Knight does all of it to a T. Say what you will about the voice, I don't disagree with you. I don't think it's that bad. It wasn't that bad in Batman Begins. Dark Knight is when it starts getting a little like, oh, okay, you're taking it a little too far, Mr. Bale. And then Dark Knight Rises, it's like, all right, come on. But between Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, I mean, uh, there's not really much that needs to be said. That performance mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. And again, it's just, it's a great crime movie. You know yeah, what I mean? You you can take the Batman out of it. It's still going to be amazing. It still works. I should let you know that Dark Knight's also on my list. So I'm just going to say, like, the Dark Knight is as well for me. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't not put it. So, like, it's just, it's it's a perfect movie, in my opinion. Well, and it, it's one of the few, I don't know, superhero movies mm-hmm. where you look at the villain's plan and you're like, I see where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, his whole plan is, hey, people suck and let's just give them permission to tear each other apart. Right, and which then, is obviously the wrong choice, but right, but you but understand I see, the villain. Right, exactly. And um, I don't know. I, I I think that added eons to it. Well, and everyone talks about Heath Ledger and the Joker for obvious reasons, but even Aaron Eckert as Harvey Dent, Two Face, mm-hmm. and seeing him like rise up and kind of why he became two-faced like Mm -hmm. i I feel like that was super captivating and gets overshadowed by how good the joker was right 
and and I love how you know the whole movie he's got this double sided coin and everyone mm-hmm. thinks he's leaving things to luck but he's not right um, and then once he gets that side burn and he actually does start leaving things up to just the coin flip right it's that change in how it's like oh wow he actually was someone that had a plan and like knew what he was doing and had like a good conscience and everything and it just it just turns right and he He becomes this person that doesn't give a shit about what happens anymore well it was it was they put him and rachel Mm -hmm. sorry rachel you're losing your shout out Um, (laughs) shout out to the new rachel she's about to die (laughs) Maggie they, Gyllenhaal. They put him and Rachel in a situation where one of them was going to live, and it was up to luck. Yeah. And she died, and he lived long enough to see himself become the villain. And because said, it wasn't kn- fair And you him. know what? Now everything's up to luck. God. Yeah. <sighs> I'm watching that when we turn this off. Oh, yeah. It is really, <laughs> honestly, it always goes down as it, it's just such a perfect movie, and especially as a huge Batman fan. It's just, you couldn't get a better live action Batman. Right. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people out there gonna, that are going to disagree with that statement, but right. I guess, you know, I like the dark Knight. <laughs> uh, but you can go ahead since I kind of jumped on that one with mine as well. So, okay. Um, my next one is Jurassic park. Okay. Classic again. Yeah. Just super nostalgic. Mm-hmm. A- another one that, does everything well um yes completely completely turned you know what you could do with special effects on its head and yeah you know was one that people watched and went oh that's possible mm-hmm. you know we, we can do that now i i remember the movie came out in what 1993 that's right it was embarrassingly long after 1993 before someone said something about the effects and how they created the dinosaurs before I was kind of like, Oh yeah, those would have had to have been special effects. They can't, they didn't build a giant T-Rex to run after a car. I mean, that being said, you were five years old when the movie came (laughs) out. Yeah, but I mean, well, they did build a T-Rex though, but it wasn't the one that was running. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) To be able to capture the the awe of oh my god, you know what it would really be like to go to a park with dinosaurs, and yes, you know watching it as a kid, thinking man, oh how cool would that be if they could, you know if you could go to a park with dinosaurs. I don't know. That's another yeah. one that the more I talk about it, the more I go. Oh, I think I'm gonna watch that tonight. <laughs> yeah, and I mean John Williams' score for it. Mm-hmm. captures all of those feelings right i mean if we if we had a list of the best compositions for movies of all time it would just be all of john williams music right and then Hans zimmer would be peppered in there but right. um but john williams music and that is insane and there's still nothing like that scene of the t-rex attacking them in the rain mm-hmm. and like the kids like being it looks so real even right. though like you know it's not a real dinosaur Jurassic Park it's obvious why it inspired so many people to want to go into movies and filmmaking and stuff it's just um it's amazing especially when the concept sounds so ridiculous yeah it's something that shows how Steven Spielberg is obviously one of the best directors that there was but you can also see 
where, uh, okay, I guess I can't really find a hole in their logic. I, okay, yeah. yeah, I could go get blood from a mosquito that Why sucked not? the blood of a dinosaur. And then they would use the genes from other animals that were close enough to, like, fill in the gaps and stuff. Like, I don't know enough about genetics, but it kind of made sense to me. Like, I think that's how they genetically modify, like, plants and things like that. Right. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. All right, so then uh, my next one is Halloween. You know, the original Halloween from the 70s. Okay. With Jamie Lee Curtis, which I guess that doesn't make it any easier. The first Halloween <laughs> ever made by right. John Carpenter. Right. Um, with the guy from Austin Powers? N- no, it's Michael Myers. It's not Mike Myers. Oh, sorry. But that's another one where I could totally just listen to the to the score for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch that movie every Halloween because I'm super cliche and lame like that. But hey, we do too. It's just, it's such a, it's such a simple, everything is so formulaic about it, Uh which like at the time, maybe it wasn't super formulaic, but I do kind of feel like there was still that idea of like, okay, I'm just going to pick, it's a babysitter and it's a, a monster serial killer that comes like, it's so formulaic that it's almost relaxing in a way. (laughs) I feel like that's one of the movies that made the formula though. Yeah, well, and... um, Like, it's formulaic because everyone's trying to copy what Halloween did. Yeah, and then there is, um, you know, there's a movie called Black Christmas from, I believe, a little before Halloween that kind of did the, like, POV shot for, like, a long take thing before Halloween did it. Mm -hmm. So I think Halloween did kind of take that. So it's like Halloween did do things that had been done before. Every movie does. I, I just I just love um, Jamie Lee Curtis in the role, and I could like I can hear the movie right now in my head without even watching it. This is this is one that for me I want to almost watch now after we've yeah. talked about it. I I I just like that you know Mike Michael Myers kind of just is death. Yeah, you know it's it's they're running away from this killer and they're running away from this killer and he's not chasing them. He's just coming. Yeah, and you can't stop him. Like, he's right. just going to come. Right. And you can't kill him. He's just going to always come back. Like, right. it, it's just this. That's what makes it so tense, is it's this unstoppable thing. Right. And it has some of the creepiest shots, like, of just Michael Myers way in the distance. Like, and you know that he's going to come. And then you look away and look back, and now it's like, where did he go? God, I love that movie. <laughs> you, can, you can go next. Okay, so my next one is the only other movie that was numbered. Oh, okay. And it's seven. Okay. <laughs> I also seven is my next one, so we can talk about seven. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is one that I, I don't think it's the best acted movie in the world, but mm-hmm. it does everything else really well. Uh, the the writing of it, the direction of it. I mean, obviously, David Fincher, you know, can only do one wrong in my book. What? It's the you're talking about the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yes, it's it's a good movie, Matt. It's not. We can we can deal with that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a really really cool um, idea to have a serial killer that um, bases his you know his kills off of the uh, seven deadly sins. Yep. Um, 
And then one of the things I respect the most about this movie is nowhere in the marketing, if you look at the box on, on the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever it is, you will not find Kevin Spacey's name, who was yeah. a huge star at the time. Yeah, you will not find that he's in that movie. And then when he ends up being the killer, spoiler alert, it really, really shocked people. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the thought being like, well, if it was someone famous, they would have put that he's in the movie. <laughs> Not David yeah, it's almost, It's almost like a reverse psycho where, like, you know, um, Janet Lee was like a big star right. when, when Psycho came out and they kill her off immediately. And they marketed reverse, the movie w- with as Janet starring Lee. Janet Lee. Right. It, it, we have the reverse here where Kevin Spacey shows up at the end of the movie <laughs> in a reveal. Right. Instead of like having him teased throughout the whole movie. And then which Forever the Method actor ended up being kind of a bad guy in real life. <laughs> I could even drop the kind of <laughs> that that one has such an amazing um atmosphere to it cuz mm-hmm. like the whole time the city just seems so grimy and it's raining all the time and just nothing seems good right. about any of it there's no hope and i mean you know morgan freeman as this detective who's lost all hope in mm-hmm. any of it uh being paired up with this young detective that just wants to brad pitt just wants to like prove himself and and take the bad guys off the streets that it's a great dynamic which is a classic kind of gen- uh um, dynamic right but done in such a different interesting place and I would say it probably is my favorite David Fincher movie, which is why it's on this list. Mm-hmm. And it's because of just that that atmosphere to it and that, um, you know, Morgan Freeman's character kind of sums it up really well at the end of the movie with the last line where he says, you know, someone wrote that um, the world is a fine place and worth saving. And I agree with the second part. Mm-hmm. And it's this it's awesome idea that like he doesn't think the world is good and there's right. no trying to make it good, but right. I'm gonna try to help people right while I'm exactly. here. And that's kind of what the movie is. <laughs> and so it's this dark movie, but that has this great like kind of through line. Mm-hmm. I you, it's also my favorite David Fincher movie. I do yeah. have another David Fincher movie on my list. Yeah. Um, me personally, I feel like this list could have easily just been 10 David Fincher movies. Yep, um, I agree. But I had to pick two. I, I didn't want to go above two. Yeah. But there are, I, uh, I will say there are probably other David Fincher movies that I like a little bit more than some of the movies that are on this list. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, I, I also you you can't just have a list of all David Fincher movies. We can say it right now. He's like the best director that's that's out there right now, and and He's I don't there. care what anyone else says. Um, but uh, you know our opinions don't matter. But you can go ahead because I again lumped my movie in with oh, yours. Okay, so my next movie is another David Fincher movie. It's the okay. uh, generic favorite movie of any high school boy. <laughs> the Curious Case of Benjamin. The Button. Curious Case of no, Benjamin. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's Fight Club. Yes. And yes, it's a generic. <clears throat> I, I say and that almost to take just so that people don't make fun of me, but I love that movie. Oh, so it's a guilty pleasure. Almost. <laughs> yeah, it, it is almost like a guilty pleasure, but it's not. This is just a good movie. But Take it away. Right. So it is a little bit um, 
edgy almost. No. When people hate on it, like, I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it has become popular to, like, oh, the over-commercialization is killing America and this and that. But I don't want to say none of it because, again, it was made in 1999. I was 11 years old. I wasn't very socially or culturally aware of a whole lot that was going on. Yeah. But that wasn't as big of a discussion back then as it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this was something that kind of went above and beyond to say that. Yeah, well, but the fun thing to me about Fight Club is that you have someone giving you that message, but someone that then takes it way too far into just a nihilism of everyone's terrible and all of it's terrible and, you know, fuck society, like we take control of everything like you know because they want to feel special right because they're not um and it's funny because that came out in 99 same year as the matrix and the matrix also kind of had that idea of like we're being controlled by corporate you know aspects of life um and you cannot find like brad pitt looking cooler in a movie (laughs) and (laughs) all of the um all the characters, the movie's so weird. Like, that's what's cool about it. Mm-hmm. I can't think well, of another movie like it. No, not really. I, I I think, for another thing, sorry, my thoughts are all over the place. That's okay. Um, And I was younger when I saw it, but that's a twist that I was not able to call. I didn't see that yes. coming. You know what and, I mean? Uh, and when you watch it again, it's like, how did I not know? Right, right. It's one it's of those so obvious types of things where you're like, he was telling me the whole time, putting it right in your face, putting it in your face multiple yeah. times, and it's uh, it's it's such a good twist that I, even though it's a movie from 1999, I almost don't want to say it. I just want I just want people to see the movie, right. you know, if you right. haven't seen it. But definitely, definitely one of my. Um, it's like one of my favorites, but it didn't end up in my list, so I guess I can't say that, but maybe it's my 16th no, favorite. You absolutely can say that. No, I can't. This is set in stone. Like you said, we're done after this. Like This is the last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, Fight Club is great. Moving on. My next one is one uh, that makes sense that it's on my list for me, but also I wasn't expecting to actually put it on there, and that's Tron Legacy. So... The 2010 Tron, like, sequel, pretty much. Okay. And I will say there is a little bit of a uh, nostalgia kind of thing. This was Tron Legacy in 3D was Kristen and I's first date that we ever went on. Okay. And, And I will say that's not the only reason it's one of my favorites, though. I do just love this movie. It's the CGI is so good. The effects are so good. And the whole um, digital world just looks so cool. Mm -hmm. Daft Punk's music for it is ridiculous how good it is. Mm -hmm. And I also love Jeff Bridges and Olivia Wilde. So sue me. And so uh, (laughs) I did think it was cool that Jeff Bridges like stayed around long enough yes. to be able to for them to pull that movie off with the yes. story that they had in place and it's really if you've seen the original tron 
Tron Legacy is not a very different story no. in a way. They just kind of add the father-son aspect to right. it. Um, and kind of expand the world a little bit that they just couldn't do back in the day. Right. I do also love the original Tron, just because I just like the world of Tron. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of like weird like 80s feel to it. And God, I just wish that they had been able to make a third Tron movie with, uh, is it Killian Murphy? With him in it because he was in Tron Legacy just at the beginning, like they were setting up his character right. for something in the future. Um, but yeah, I knew that this was going to be one that got you like, what? <laughs> and so, and you know, what's crazy. It's not even on my guilty pleasures list. This is just from my sci-fi list. So yeah, I love, I, I, Legacy. I think I'm making a call and saying that that one doesn't belong on your list. No, it does belong on my list. It's a part of my life. <laughs> All right. You go ahead. My next one is the departed. Great movie. Can't um, argue with it. Yeah, I feel like it deserves to be on any list just based on the cast alone. <laughs> yeah. So you got Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, uh-huh. Jack Nicholson, Alec Baldwin, Mark Wahlberg, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> Mostly that's because I can't remember the girl's name. <laughs> the one girl who's Vera there. Farmiga. Yes. I love Vera Farmiga. Um Martin Scorsese is another one that I probably could have filled this up with 10 Martin Scorsese yep. movies, but I narrowed it down to The Departed. I liked that it took that crime mob um, genre and kind of updated it. Yep. Um, and then the the double agent, like, to the next exponential. Um, yes. Where it, it had a criminal going undercover as a cop and a cop going undercover as a criminal and... and, yep. and interweaving those two how that affects everyone's lives in the process yeah and really 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 great which martin scorsese i mean he's he's martin scorsese because he has he's done so many great things oh i thought you were Um, gonna reference the eyebrows (laughs) no it it is strange that he's not related to us given the eyebrow resemblance (laughs) but i think i would pick the departed as my favorite of scorsese's movies um Mm -hmm. Even though he has so many other incredible movies, it's right. just like I don't have fun watching Taxi Driver or Raging Bull. <laughs> um, and Goodfellas is the only one that comes up there and is like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, I, th- I feel like Wolf of Wall Street is up there too. It is, but that it's such a different movie. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's it, that's why it's so hard to pick. Um, right. But I love The Departed, and it's it's partly because I love Leonardo DiCaprio, but I. I just feel like the story keeps, even when you think it's kind of done, it still keeps like right. getting you. Right. Um, so that's, that's a great pick. My next one is Alien, uh, right. Ridley Scott's from, um, you know, back in the day. And this is another one that I consider a horror movie kind of above any of the other genres. It's almost kind of like, it's like a slasher movie in space with an alien instead of like a serial killer. Right. Um, absolutely cements Sigourney Weaver as one of the most badass characters in a movie and it's just like dripping with detail like all everything in the ship is covered in like uh condensation and mm-hmm. and everyone's so um it, like there's so much texture to the mm-hmm. to the image and um it's such a quiet movie too when you watch it like I remember it a different way and 
is just kind of this like droning sounds in the soundscape and it's so um just eerie and and mysterious and god just always goes down as one of my favorites completely and you know people say that the sequel is better but the sequel is a completely different kind of movie right i love that for what it is but i i've always liked alien so much more the only thing it's missing is bill paxton (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry who Oh, he was, uh, he's Hollywood actor Bill Paxton. He was oh, actually gotcha. in, in Twister. <laughs> yes. And that's a reference to the Twister ride at Universal Orlando, where that is Bill no Paxton introduced him, himself as Hollywood actor Bill Paxton. <laughs> God, love that guy. Also, uh, in reference to Alien, um, shout out to uh, Ripley, my brother-in-law's dog. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, Ripley is probably just one of my favorite characters in a movie. So, no, I've really only met the dog once, but Sigourney Weaver's portrayal of Ripley goes down in history, in my opinion. My next one is Looper. Mm. (laughs) This is probably the one on the list that, to me, is my number one. So I really probably should have waited (laughs) until to do this one last. That's okay. It's <laughs> um, Ryan Johnson, right? Directed that? Yep. Ryan Johnson okay. wrote and directed it. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willie. <laughs> Bruce Willie. Um, and Emily Blunt. Yes. And it just one just kind of a genius plot of, you know, interweaving time travel into the mob and mm-hmm. using using time travel to kill people and send them back so there's no trace um, of, of them being killed. This but. one's not even on my list, and this is the one I want to watch tonight now. <laughs> <laughs> and then just just the amount, again, like you were saying with Alien, like the amount of detail. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to spoil things a little bit here. When uh, Emily Blunt is, you know, teaching her son about something or he he had to go to his room i can't remember why there's like a little action figure on his nightstand that is dressed exactly like the like goons in the future mm-hmm. so if you're paying close attention you're like oh that's what that kid's idea uh, is of a tough looking i don't know goon right and so that's where he got, and you can put two and two together. And you kind of have. It's not the kind of thing that you're gonna like figure out the ending, right? You know, you 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 have to watch it again and pick right. stuff up like that. But it it just makes it feel so much nicer when you can watch it again and see that the like filmmaker was leaving you breadcrumbs, right? Exactly, and actually had an idea of everything, right? And what and a trope in movies, uh, you know, in stories, I guess, in general, that I like a lot is. That sometimes you find your fate on the very road you took to avoid it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, I, I can think of few examples better than Looper um, yeah. to, to, to exemplify that trope. Yeah, that's a great one. And it's one of the examples I always give for how Emily Blunt somehow always picks the best projects to work on. I don't know right. how she does it, but she <laughs> right. every movie she's in is a good choice. Right. And that's one of the examples very very different movie that i'm going into and i'm sure you expected it to be here and this is the hill i've chosen to die on high school musical i'm gonna say it i think high school musical is a good movie you know what 
I'm not going to say anything. I've never mm-hmm. seen it. It wasn't your time. It's okay. It it came out right as I was going into high school, and I can't think of anything that was more exciting as a young person than knowing there was going to be a Disney Channel original movie on this Friday and like seeing the commercials for it and all that. Um, so going into high school, like, is that what you thought high school was going to be like? Absolutely. I, I couldn't. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait to jump up on a table and start singing. But I, I, I feel like I could have filled up this list with a lot of Disney Channel original movies because I, I just grew up watching them like crazy. But um, I have so much fun watching this movie. And it felt like the whole thing was super tongue in cheek and super like overly dramatic high school musical kind of thing and it's it's something i use as a way to kind of show just the wide variety of movies i love like i i go from loving the most artistic oscar winning this to the most low budget like horrifying horror to loving high school musical and <laughs> i just i couldn't not put it on the list because of how much um just how much i've watched that movie to be honest it's like a yearly viewing thing and uh you know i love it move on before is, you start is that your fun guilty pleasure i'm not even guilty about it <laughs> I, I, that's what i'm saying I'm figure out which one it is so my next one is insidious no <laughs> you put insidious on your list yeah, that's what I just said, Cody. That's so nice, Matt. <laughs> um, I had a hard time um, choosing between one and two. Um, I know it's not three or four. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there five? Well, we're going to still keep watching. No, there's four. <laughs> there's right? only four. Yeah, there's only no, four. No, there's five. No, there's not. There's only four. Last key was the fourth one? Yep, that's okay. it. Sorry. I but one and two, I, I feel like, kind of inform each other. They're one movie almost. Right. Obviously, you can't have two without one. But you, Right. But watching two almost makes one make a little more sense. Yes. The thing is that two, I think, is better, but it's only better because of what it's doing with one. Right, so like, right. You, you, you kind of can't say it's better because it couldn't exist anyway without the other one. Right, right. Um. And again, going to be kind of a recurring theme, I guess. I could have filled this list with James Wan movies. Yeah. Um, I I love what he has done, not only with the horror genre, but just the way he moves the camera and, and yep. the way he, I don't know, kind of makes his presence known through the mm-hmm. camera work. He tries things that... You know, don't really get done in other movies. Um, yeah. An example out of Insidious is, you know, in a monster movie or a ghost story, everything happens at night. Mm-hmm. Everything happens at nighttime. And then when they're in the daytime, literally like drinking tea, talking about the dream that they had, and that mm-hmm. demon shows up. <laughs> yeah, It's terrifying because you're not expecting it because for however long you've been watching horror movies... Oh, it's daytime. We got to get to night before anything scary happens. Yeah. And boom, he hits you. And um, a lot of the scarier scenes are in the daytime. Yeah. Um, Because you've got the little like puppet thing that comes out at one point and you've got like um, 
the weird sounds on like the the baby monitor and stuff all in the daytime right um and i think that what's so amazing about james wan i just i just watched insidious last week and um like for the 900th time right and what's weird is it's it's really kind of a a generic kind of story but the way that it's shown and portrayed Mm -hmm. is different and um i mean we love we love lee winnell (laughs) (laughs) and he he it's it's that the thing that's fun about james wan movies and like insidious is there's like the fun in it too like right they love horror movies they love how fun horror movies are so it's scary but also fun and then stuff like, you know, in the very beginning of the movie, you know, weird stuff starts happening. She starts feeling uneasy. And in any other movie, the family just has to deal with the ghosts or the supernatural or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're going, why wouldn't you just move? Why wouldn't you just move your family to a different house where this isn't an issue? And in this yeah. movie, they move. Yeah. And it, I mean, of course, it turns out that the house wasn't the problem. <laughs> the kid was yeah, um, right. <laughs> and and to be honest, the husband is kind of an asshole because it takes him a while to be like, okay, let's move. Right. Um, and I and I only noticed that the last time I watched it because I guess I wasn't paying attention to it. But Kobe. you're 100 percent right. They still move. Having somewhat recently gone through the process of purchasing a home, <laughs> uh, that's You'd probably rather deal a, with demons. That's probably about what it would take for me <laughs> to six months in go, all right, we'll move to a different house. That's pretty funny. <laughs> another another horror movie that's that's great, maybe even uh, seen as one of the best, is uh, The Silence of the Lambs. Okay. You ever heard of it? I'm going to say it out loud right now. I have never considered silence of the lambs a horror movie i feel like it's more of a suspense thriller i don't think it's now one of my professors said that thrillers are just diet horrors and Mm. i i i like kind of agree with that and kind of don't but dude so maybe thriller is the wrong word but more of a suspense if that makes sense I'm going to say it's a horror movie because then I can say that a horror movie won an Oscar at the Oscars, okay? So okay. that's that's how I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, but Silence of the Lambs is another another iconic character that I just realized now everyone's going to think I'm saying Hannibal Lecter, but I was actually thinking of Clarice Starling. <laughs> um, like uh, another um, iconic main character that's just such a, a badass in being able to get get through everything and like win in the end right um and then you have her matched up against definitely one of the most iconic uh, killers in movies Mm -hmm. um hannibal lecter who you i guess you do get to see him kill but like really the thing that makes him so legendary is like what you don't know about him right and um that movie just does such an amazing thing with like the perspective of you know what how you are being shown the movie you're getting to see what clarice sees and you get to see what lector sees um and buffalo bill when it cuts to cuts to him um definitely some of the scariest scenes in a movie that some might not consider a horror movie um Mm -hmm. you know getting the woman getting kidnapped by him by just trying to be nice and helping him and the like infamous like put the lotion in the basket mm-hmm. and just pretty much from beginning to end 
it is a tense movie and it keeps you on the edge of your seat want like are they gonna catch him and like is the girl gonna die and um does great things with um tricking you like you think one thing's gonna happen and they pull it out from under you and a right. different thing happens Constantly. um definitely one of my favorite movies of all time well and talk about a performance I think I read, obviously he won the Oscar, Anthony Hopkins won the mm-hmm. Oscar for that movie, but I, he was on screen for nine minutes total? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's insane. It is insane. He It's because he's just got such a commanding presence right. that is created, you know, before you even meet him. It's right. like that scene where she goes to meet him, you see like all the things she has to go through before she gets to him. Right. And, all the backstory you're given of him so you're like terrified like what's this guy gonna be and then he shows up and he's just like an old man that's super polite right you're like what (laughs) um it's just the first of pulling the rug out from under you so yeah all right my next one is clerks okay i didn't do it i didn't put it on but i'm glad you did One of those I've, I've always said, I, you know, I tell you all the time. I I I believe that the two greatest writers of dialogue in movies are Quentin Tarantino and Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, Quentin Tarantino because it's just kind of fun to listen to the way he puts words together, but no one yes. really talks like that. It's like, like poetic, right? Kevin Smith's characters talk the way people talk. Yes, you know what I mean, um, and no more so. Um, than in Clerks. Um, yes. Obviously, it's Kevin Smith's first movie, and it's based on his experiences as working at a uh, convenience store as a, right. a desk clerk and how he thought, you know, working at a convenience store is hell. So he wrote a movie where it was Dante's Inferno, but at a convenience store. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so much so that he, he uh, you know, named the main character Dante. And right. how each thing that happens is, you know, each next another level. level. Um, um, and, and then obviously introducing us to another iconic duo in movies with Jay and Silent Bob, oh, which is just his friend Jay and him, <laughs> right, right, just existing. Right. I just I, I watched that again recently, actually, too, before uh, Jay, Jay and Silent Bob reboot came out, mm-hmm. and. I also think that even though it's not necessarily my favorite, I feel like it might be like his best in a way. Um, and I think it's because he it, it kind of has this attitude of like he just put everything into what he would want a movie to be. Right. Because technically he doesn't know he's going to get to have a long career of making movies after this. Right. Um, and, and like you said, the dialogue is just insane. Like... It's it's literally punchlines just like Constantly. rapid fire right. all the time. <laughs> um and some funny like visual gags too, mm-hmm. like when uh when he's arguing with his girlfriend about how many blowjobs she's given and, <laughs> and she she storms out and he yells, Try not to suck any dicks on your way through through the parking lot and that one guy like kind of follows her <laughs> and he's like, Wait, c- come back here. <laughs> That's a funny line. Yeah. Um and and the idea that like they have that whole thing happen at a at a funeral and you don't even get to see any of it you just right. like hear about it later <laughs> it was just it's it's it just felt like i could walk into a convenience store and and that stuff mm-hmm. is going on you know what i mean it yes. felt relatable yes and you might be the 
um, customer that they talk about forever after you leave right, because right. of how annoying or weird you looked or something. Right. Um, and I work in a grocery so store. <laughs> yeah. And having worked retail, it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> right. Just when people are, are like throwing milk jugs at the ground to see what happens or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so are we, are we down to the last two? Yeah. I guess the last two, one of them um, is pro- what I consider a lot of times my favorite horror movie, and that is Scream. I absolutely love Scream. I love the way it deconstructs slasher movies and makes fun of them. I love every character, Sydney and, and Stu, everyone. I love every <laughs> second of it. Um, it's got Wes Craven was probably just one of the best when it came to suspense and horror movies and he also had like a fun energy to it mm-hmm. um it's more more so in the scream series i guess than other movies he made but right it's just such a fun movie a lot of people will be like it's not even a, a horror movie but i'm telling you the intro with drew barrymore is is a horror movie and i and i want anyone to argue <laughs> with that um, it was like west craven it, was going hey just i know what you're about to watch i just want you to know i can still do it yeah and I mean, at the end of the movie with the twists and turns, like it does get scary. Like mm-hmm. it goes from almost being a joke to like, wait, this is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just the performances all around were incredible. And I feel like I know that on the podcast I haven't talked about it a lot, but I almost feel like I've talked about Scream so much that I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> it's just the best to me. Well I, th- well, I think it's one that definitely relies on more jump scares than um like creating true horror i guess i don't for lack of a better way to say it Mm -hmm. but that's also intentional you know what i mean yeah he's 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 going all right all these slasher movies and whatnot like they're not really horror movies okay you want a good version of the slasher what you guys are making here it is right you know what i mean It's, it's it's showing you like like Oh, it's it's the stupid uh, blonde girl with the big boobs that's like you know trying to get away, but she's right. making Played the dumb Matthew Lillard. decision. Yeah, Matthew Lillard was great in that role. <laughs> um, but Shaggy uh, himself. It, it, it's like funny to me that like you know Sydney says in the movie like I just hate those movies because you've got the dumb girl that's running up the stairs instead of running out the front door. Like they're mm-hmm. idiots. And then the next scene, the killer comes in. And she tries to get away by running upstairs yep. instead of running out the front door. <laughs> right. Um, and and it makes sense. Um, and, and, you know, they have such creative kills just like in every slasher movie like using a garage door at one mm-hmm. point and stuff. So it's just it's a lot of fun. And it's. I love it. <laughs> uh, so I uh, referenced earlier that. um my favorite movie when I was in high school did make it onto my list, list. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's American History X. I, I knew that you were going to put American History X on here. <laughs> it's a great movie. Why is it that our favorite movies in high school both had Edward Norton in it? <laughs> <laughs> he was in High School Musical? No, Matt. He was <laughs> not in High School Musical <laughs> for very long. <laughs> for very long. <laughs> But I just really, really love... Oh, you know what? I just realized another brother movie. A different kind, but yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, 
I just really love the message behind this. I don't. This is one that I feel like a lot of people may not have seen. Yeah. So it's Edward Norton plays uh, the older brother in this family whose um, you know father died, um, and he's a skinhead. Um, I wouldn't say Nazi, but he's in a skinhead gang. He's, in, he's like a neo-Nazi. I think right, is what it's called. Right. Um, and he uh, goes to jail for you know killing a guy. While he's in jail, kind of learns the error in his ways and realizes that that's not the right way to be. Gets out of jail and sees his younger brother um, kind of going down the same road that he was. And the whole movie is just about the relationship between these two brothers. You know, Edward Norton's character trying to let his younger brother be his own man, but guide him in the right direction while knowing that it's leading to a bad place. Um, yeah. And just just so well written, so well done, and, and really, really powerful for me growing up. Talk about a dark movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, very. Great acting, though, and it has the kid from uh, uh, Terminator 2 in it. Right. Is the younger brother. Right. Yeah, I've seen that movie exactly one time from when you showed it to me, and I knew it was a great movie, and it was one of those movies that was like, I don't want to watch that again. <laughs> I don't want to put myself in this mindset. <laughs> so then this one, I, I left my number one movie for the last one. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that I was doing it until after. It's okay. The the movie. It's okay. Um, but as of right now, my this is my favorite movie, and that's uh, Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford. I should probably and, watch that. Dude, I know you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to like spoil much. As someone that's kind of more recently come around to to liking the original Blade Runner mm-hmm. a little more, um minus a couple scenes um that are probably obvious. I wasn't a big fan of Blade Runner when I saw 2049 and what Blade Runner 2049 was was like what I wished Blade Runner had been. <laughs> this movie is also almost like three hours, and and the score is amazing, and I'm telling you, every single frame of this movie could be put up on my wall as a piece of art. I, I Literally every frame is great. Mm-hmm. The cinematographer was Roger Deakins, who's like one of the best cinematographers out there. He's mm-hmm. done like most of the Coen brothers and... Pretty much all of Denis uh, Villeneuve, or I don't know how to say Denis Villeneuve. Whatever it is, I'm sorry for butchering it, but the director of Blade Runner 2049, who also did like um, Dune. Prisoners and Sicario and Arrival. But yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but like as a sci-fi movie, it's incredible. Uh, Ryan Gosling's performance is so good, and it's just such a strange movie that I was just happy that a studio gave money to because it's definitely high budget and it's definitely really weird in its concepts while still also being like Hollywood enough to be relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, Just absolutely fantastic movie. And it's, it's one of those movies that, like I said, is like three hours, but I don't feel it at all. And I just wish I could keep on watching it. (laughs) My last one is lawless. Oh, I just mentioned that in our other podcast. that We did (laughs) Um, another brother movie. I'm, yeah, not, I'm I, noticing a pattern. I didn't realize it <laughs> until I uh, until we're sitting You're here. You're like runner about up it. is onward, and, uh... <laughs> but it's about three brothers who uh, run moonshine during prohibition. Um, 
and the FBI is is looking for him and and you know trying to shut him down. It's not a huge you know giant story, but it's really 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 well acted. You really believe the relationships, whether it's uh, Shia LaBeouf and his his friend. I can't remember his friend. His name's it, uh, I don't know. It's like Beetle or Buggy or something. <laughs> Or the relationships between, uh, you know, the three brothers or each brother yeah. and their significant other. Um, right. And, I mean, talk about a villain or, I, I don't know, an antagonist uh, yes. that you love to hate. Guy Pierce in that movie. I hate him. I still hate him. <laughs> I mean, it's also so funny because, like, that movie is super violent, like, super brutal. Right. Um, with their fighting and... It's so funny that at the end of the day, it's just that it's prohibition and the like law doesn't want them, you know, distributing alcohol. Like right. it, like nowadays, it seems like such a stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in the in the movie and in that time, it was so real and it, it was it was a brutal fight. Mm-hmm. But like the little touches of. I just said his name, Guy Pierce. How he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't even slap them if he wasn't wearing his glove on his hand because mm-hmm. he didn't want to touch them with his skin. I don't know, little things yeah. like that where um, you're like, oh god, I hate this guy so much. Where you see the character come out, right, right, in si- in simple ways. Um, yeah, no, I, that's another one. You 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 picked a lot of movies that I've only seen one time, oh, and really? I knew when I saw it that I loved it and it was great, but I never have gone back and watched it again. So like so many of your movies, maybe if I watched them more, I, they would end up more on my lists, you know, but I, I gotcha. just, I, I did like lawless a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't really argue with your list at all. There were, like I said, there was a couple on there that, um, that I hadn't seen, but I don't know. I think that you would argue with Tron legacy. That's what I'm getting from this conversation. I wouldn't argue that it's a bad movie. I might argue that it belongs on anybody's top 15. <laughs> but hey, to each his well, own. Hey man. Yeah, that's that's what makes us different. But yeah, that was that was pretty good. I mean, you know, some might say maybe a little overlong, but I don't care. I like talking about it. <laughs> and uh we have all these other lists of, you know, our favorite drama and our favorite comedy and stuff, so in the future we can come back and talk about those as well. And and I hope that this gives some insight into the kind of things that we like when we're, you know, I guess kind of reviewing other movies, even though I like to just think of it more as just talking about it with you, um, more so than reviewing. But I guess technically we give it a rating at the end, so I guess we're right. reviewing it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, do you have anything you want to add to it? No, I thought this was kind of cool because... If you had asked me before we did this, like, hey, what are the things within movies that you value over other things? I I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could really put my finger on it, but it seems seems to me like I, I look at, is it a good story and is it well acted? Yeah. You know, other stuff I can, I can look past, um, but those, to me, looking at my list, um, it seems to be like that's what I value above all else. That's a really good observation because I think with a lot of the things in my list, it comes down to like almost like what did it do visually? Right. Like, did it do cool things visually? Um, was the acting really good? And then for some of them, just like, did it make me happy seeing right. it? Um, so, like, it, it is kind of cool to break it down and just see like that it's not always about exactly what the plot is or like what the characters are like. It's just 
how it's put together and, and, and what you feel when you're watching it. Right. So that's, that's a really good observation and that's partly why I wanted to do it. So, right. um, so yeah, no, this was really cool. Um, and hopefully we'll do some more lists in the future. You know, we have our, uh, our email address. Let's run that back pod at gmail.com. So if anyone listening wants to email and let us know what their list might be or what they liked or didn't like about ours, go for it. Um, we also have our Instagram, let's run that back. And you have, you made our Twitter for let's run that back. So you could always reach us on there as well. And, uh, you know, this was Let's Run That Back. (laughs) I'm Cody. (laughs) I'm Matt. I'll see you later.